Zealand Tech Podcast, the voice of the tech community, proudly supported by Umbrella Connect. Well, greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Uh, great to uh, great to be back again. We've had uh, a little bit of a break over the past couple of weeks, but we're back into it. Uh, Stephen Phillips, how are you? Great to uh, great to see you. Good to be here. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, always good having your uh, insights. You bring a lot of background from the uh, New Zealand uh, tech sector and the world of uh, world of cybersecurity, and we're definitely going to be delving into. Um, some of the, the cybersecurity topics today. Um, big thank you to show partners, Vocus, Vodafone, Spark, uh, HP, and Gorilla Technology. So uh, thank, thanks, everyone, for joining us. Um, let's get into it. Um, big, big news come through around um, the U.S. Treasury having been able to link up billions of dollars in, um, in funds that have been um, – Paid out uh, in relation to uh, ransomware. Uh, I think the the calculation, if I put it in New Zealand dollars, seven point three billion dollars uh, that U.S. Treasury Treasury has managed to uh, track uh, in terms of uh, Bitcoin transactions, basically you know ransomware payoffs um, for organisations to uh, to to get their data back. Uh, and to uh, to to stop cyber criminals from um, spreading their data in in some cases, this is. Uh, I mean, we we have had big numbers thrown around over the years, but uh, this one is uh, the, one of the biggest I've uh, I can recall having heard, Stephen. Yeah, the, there's you know the ju- jurisdictions around the world are are only just starting to get to the point where they've got mandatory reporting. So a lot of these have actually uh, flown under the covers, you know, under the radar for a long time. Uh, but now they're able to tie the, uh, you know, the, the payment chain, follow the money. Um, you know, the, the real figures are going up, out. And, and you can see why, you know, the executive order from the US, um, US government is now starting to sort of uh, see a bit of a response from that. You know, you, you've got the Five Eyes partners, the the UK, the Dutch, the Australians, now starting to uh, work together. And um, whilst there's no, you know, formal attribution, you're now starting to see some of the larger groups like um, Our Evil and the likes being taken down and everybody's surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty encouraging, I think, to see that, when when countries team up like this and decide that they're going to um, collaborate and they really get uh, get serious, that um, yeah, they can they can put a dent in these things. Um, of course, we have seen um, you know some of these cyber criminal gangs disappear you know in the past on you know numerous occasions. Um, they never seem to be gone too long because I'm I'm guessing the temptation of the of the uh, the money, especially when you know we talk about figures like seven point three billion dollars, um, is uh, is is probably a, a you know a bit a bit much for folks, and uh, they they keep uh, they keep coming back. And you know, of course, we've got that aspect with ransomware, where um, you know it's not just these individual gangs who are creating the ransomware, um, but this is a sort of a, a, a sales affiliate type or partnership type model that they've, um, you know, they've worked on. So uh, a lot of, uh, I guess, there's a lot of individuals that are probably, uh, 
you know, continue to be hungry to um, um, to get organisations infected, right? Yeah, well, there's, there's a very sophisticated, um, you know, va- value chain and supply chain here. And and there's now even the, you know, the economic factors of supply and demand. A lot of the, you know, the initial ac- access brokers and all now will be working with a number of uh, upstream players and sort of taking the best offer. Um, so, so you're seeing some, uh, you know, disturbing sort of uh, developments and all here. And you know, you get a takedown basically of one group's sort of infrastructure. Um, they'll, you know, go, go go on holiday for a few months while their infrastructure's down. Uh, come back and build out a whole whole lot of uh, new infrastructure with uh, the next cloud provider victim, and uh, they're back into it again. Uh, so yeah, there's um, it's going to take quite a bit of uh, coordinated and ongoing effort to to try and uh, get this back under control. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think it's 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 fascinating to uh, to you know to see uh, you know whenever we see new new things happening in the space and uh, new information uh, released that uh, that just helps reveal the scale. But uh, yeah, those those that seven point three billion dollar uh, figure, of course, that's you know, not going to reveal all of the. Uh, all of the cyber crimes. So uh, you know that's that's just one particular uh, viewpoint view, viewpoint in. But uh, I think one good thing about seeing these big figures um, is it uh, you know makes the scale of it maybe real to folks that have that have thought um, that this stuff's pretty pretty obscure and and not too common. Yeah, well, it's nearly a dollar for every man, woman, and child on the planet. So it's 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 big numbers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now I saw uh, I saw a report about this company, um, um, Ghost Ghost Robotics, and uh, looking at uh, looking at some of their stuff. And if you look through uh, their website, it's um, um, I don't know. To 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 me, it comes at crum- comes across as uh, worrying, but. Uh, expected you know realistically that uh you know we've got all these technologies um you know guns aren't the newest technology but uh you you put some old tech uh together with some new tech and um you know suddenly we've got uh uh we've got something that's uh rather worrying we have seen sort of footage before of of some of these uh i think there was a russian um robot sort of machine gun um, and and varying other things we've seen over the over the years, um, but uh, yeah, a quick flick through the different images on the front uh, page of uh, of Ghost Robotics website, and uh, yeah, they're very clearly uh, targeting the military. And where, whereas when we when we look at uh, Boston Dynamics, I think some people are freaked out and 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 scared. Um, by spot, but uh, mostly they you know they're trying to create a lot of entertaining uh, uh, entertaining videos, and that's kind of what we what we've seen lately. I think it was uh, Mick Jagger and and Start Me Up the other day um, was was the video, and um, you know Boston Dynamics uh, you know robot sort of along alongside Mick Jagger for a bit of a dance. Um, so yeah, a, a little bit. Um, uh, less of an ethical sort of discussion there when it comes to um, 
most of the things that we're that we're that we're hearing these days from the likes of Boston Dynamics. Um, I guess there there is a reality that uh, uh, with a lot of technology, it gets uh, gets used for both um, well. Um, good and bad, or areas that would certainly spark some um, ethical debate. Um, probably don't have too much time to delve into that today. Um, but um, what I guess one of one of the other topics that caught my uh, my attention was uh, Microsoft shutting down uh, LinkedIn in uh, in China, and we just seem to see sort of. Uh, Really, a lot of ongoing activity as far as uh, China uh, is concerned, and um, yeah, challenges with uh, with things going on um, in in recent times. And uh, um, was it Amnesty International that we heard of, uh, who have had a you know a base in Hong Kong for a long time, um, have just announced that they're uh, they're they're exiting there. Um, due to complexities, um, and uh, yeah, now um, LinkedIn, which, from what I can think of, probably the, um, I mean, it was a localized version of LinkedIn that Microsoft had uh, in China, and uh, you know, no, no doubt, wouldn't have uh, had the same levels of sort of freedom for posting, um, but of course, Twitter and, and Facebook, um, yeah, Instagram haven't uh, haven't been operating in. Uh, in China for a very uh, a very long time, so it's probably not a big surprise, is it, Stephen? Yeah, well, you know, you've got the likes of you know, Google um, probably exited that market now nearly ten years. So Microsoft, with LinkedIn being a more of a professional network, has had probably a pretty good run. But um, I've certainly um, noticed there's a lot more in a personal social commentary sort of coming into the LinkedIn platform. So. Um, uh, I, I think it's probably probably about time maybe they did leave. Yeah, well, I think um, yeah, there there weren't there weren't any other um, you know uh, social media you know American social media platforms that were uh, left in in China and I understand that they had to uh, you know they had to uh, agree um, to some you know pretty strict rules, which is just the nature of um, you know government. Um, led censorship in uh, in China, um, but yeah, it must be getting uh, getting pretty hard to sort of operate in that uh, in that sort of environment. And you know, things like uh, VPNs and um, uh, you know be- becoming illegal and and the like in recent years. So it's certainly getting uh, you know getting somewhat uh, somewhat harder. Um, and I know we ch- chatted recently around uh, things like the. Uh, um, even the audio book and and um, ebook sort of platforms getting chop, um, you know, shut down um, in China and in, uh, in recent times. So the the um, Chinese, uh, you know, Communist Party does seem seem to be um, taking more control, shall we say, as far as content in China. So um, yeah, but a bit a bit a bit sad to see it, uh, you know, continuing on into other realms and. Of you know, of course, um, you know we see Chinese platforms obviously operating in the in the West, um, but uh, yeah, now uh, basically nothing in the other in the other direction. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how it plays out. Mm. 
Um, now, uh, new gadgets. We um, we we chatted uh, a few weeks back around uh, Microsoft's new um, new Surface announcements, um, and uh, there was certainly some some what should we say some some honest feedback on uh, some of the reliability frustrations with uh, um, with some of Microsoft's past uh, Surface uh, products. Now, I received yesterday from them the new um, Surface Pro 8 and been having a, a little bit of a look at um, at, at that uh, just um, just over the last 24 hours and certainly looks like very, very nice hardware. So the bit that I'm really curious to find out is, uh, you know, just how well uh, will will that run um, and what will the sort of general reliability be of, of Microsoft Surface products going forward, um, whether they can move themselves from the bottom of the stack, which is where they appear to be, um, you know, the least reliable of all the major um, hardware uh, brands and, and um, you know, one report that I, that I saw. Um, so, yeah, they've, they've certainly got an opportunity there. Uh, and they, I, the other thing they've got is that opportunity to, uh, to grow their market share again um, because they, did, they have lost quite a bit of, uh, of market share um, in the, on the devices front, but it is a multi-billion dollar business for them. So, you know, I can imagine they want to take that, um, take that quite seriously. What are your thoughts, uh, Stephen, uh, Microsoft and uh, their uh, yeah, well, um, Surface I, business? I, I like like the laptop, um, laptop 3, laptop 4, no issues with them at all. They've been a really, really great hardware. I love, loved it. A lot, a lot of people I work with like like them. Um, but cer- certainly they do want to lift the game on the on the Surface, um, particularly with the reliability around the uh, the graphics side of things. So ho- hopefully on this new model, it's um, it's all sorted. Yeah, and then um, we've got uh, we've got Apple who have you know really made you know I think a, a pretty big splash with their new uh, M1 based uh, MacBooks, M1 Pro and M1 uh, you know Max. Um, processors, and when when you look at them, interestingly, they take. I would sort of say it's almost something out of Microsoft's book what they've done with these uh, these devices with the number of um, the number of ports that are available. The um, that you know you can actually you know plug some things into your um, your your MacBook Pro again, and it, you know it was Apple that really led the charge of, of simplifying and removing uh, your connectivity options from laptops. And, uh, but he, here they are, and uh, they're increasing the options again. You've got an HDMI um, port uh, again, and um, you've got uh, your, your um, SD, um, SD card um, so uh, and uh, and MagSafe is uh, is back as well. So yeah, some interesting things going on, and really really powerful. Certainly from the um, the CPU perspective, um, the graphics processing that will be interesting to see how uh, you know how competitive that uh, Apple are able to be with these new MacBooks sort of versus the uh, um, I guess the you know traditional. Uh, graphics cards that uh, that we're used to um, seeing, and um, some of the the higher end uh, MacBooks. But in terms of uh, 
general processing power, these um, the Apple silicon seems to be uh, uh, very, very strong. I haven't had hands-on um, these yet, so uh, you know, I can't speak from, uh, from first-hand experience other than on um, uh, MacBook Air with the M1 processor. Uh, I found that to be um, to be pretty pretty solid now, and uh, the the apps are, uh, are generally broadly available uh, yeah. that work with with the M1 um, rather than having to go through the compatibility mode. Yeah, I've uh, re- recently uh, moved from uh, Windows back to Mac, and um, yeah, uh, every time sort of a van goes past outside, I, I look 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 to see basically is it a courier delivering my new Mac? So. I, Went went out and I opened the box and I was hoping it was going to be a new M1, but um, I've I've got the one without the HDMI port and it's just the MacBook Pro uh, 19, uh, 2020 sort of edition, so I, I don't have an M1. But I've been looking at all of the you know, some of the transcodings performance for you know, doing video transcoding is amazing. It's just out out of the world. Sort of you know you'd have to spend I don't know seven or eight thousand dollars basically on a on an intel sort of a version and you know a mobile sort of 3070 or 3080 to to get similar sort of a performance certainly not a gaming um gaming device but for you know for, for business video and that type of thing it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a phenomenal device it's going to be interesting to see how um intel's new guy and uh and all the, whether they can actually sort of get back on the uh, on the game to compete yeah, look, it's been an interesting time for uh, for Intel, and very uh, yeah, really, I mean, really, really challenging for them. It's taken them um, a, a long time to uh, to you know shrink their um, uh, their manufacturing tech down, and uh, I think uh, you know we're now seeing with their twelfth gen chips that are that are just. Uh, you know, just coming through, they've uh, you know announced the desktop chips. Uh, you know, they're built to the sort of uh, with the seven nanometer technology. Um, but of course, Apple's already at uh, at five nanometers um, with uh, you know production out of Taiwan with um, uh, TSMC. Uh, so uh, yeah, Intel are, are already behind with their uh, uh, their their newest tech in in some ways so yeah very different world from where uh, where intel was uh, a decade ago that's for sure so um i think competition is is usually very very good and uh i'm you know i'm, I'm absolutely fascinated to uh um to see how things are going to go for uh apple and whether they're going to be able to um take a bigger slice of um, market share when it comes to uh, computers over the you know the next two or three years um, because they do seem to have a, uh, a you know uh, a very very competitive um, you know chip in the various sort of M1 um, options that we're we're seeing now um, and yeah I think it's uh, it's pretty pretty exciting time yeah software's been eating the world for about the last decade and hardware's been you know second fiddle but uh, i think we're entering into a couple of year period where we're sort of moving into the next phase so i think hardware's going to be pretty interesting for the next little bit definitely definitely um and uh and then there was squid game uh you probably uh, saw saw what i saw on uh, 
on this uh, new cryptocurrency that sort of uh, popped up to uh, to take advantage of the uh, the popularity of of Squid Game, and look, we so often see this with scams, don't we? That they're uh, they're tied into what's what's current, what's newsy, yeah. uh, what's popular. Um, and yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's, there's some sort of attraction there for folks to, uh, to jump in on it. Um, but yeah, we, we understand, um, this new, uh, um, crypto, um, the squid cryptocurrency popped up, uh, went through the roof and then, um, basically just, you know, disappeared, dropped down to, uh, dropped down to, to zero, they, they say. Um, so I haven't, uh, haven't delved in, uh, in detail, but, uh, there was a, uh, um, a video doing, doing the rounds, um, from, um, uh, was it, uh, Mr. Whale, uh, on, uh, on Twitter and, uh, of, um, yeah, a, uh, a bit of an investment in this, uh, this cryptocurrency that, uh, it's kind of disappeared to nothing. So uh, yeah, a bit uh, a bit sad, but um, we're we're kind of always going to see this, aren't we? As um, people get greedy and uh, don't don't necessarily quite know what they're getting into, but uh, give it a go. And uh, in this case, it sounds like they generate at least a couple of million, uh, maybe two and a half million US um, over a over a day or two. Yeah, I, I can't see why sort of uh, people invest in these. Uh, types of things you know there's got to be some substance behind something before you want to put your money into it but uh yeah people just keep getting caught out yeah um all i can say is i hope these were just you know um small things with people putting a a dabble and a bunch of people that maybe put in what they could easily afford to lose and that uh you know nobody no individual uh lost uh lost too much so uh yeah, let's hope. <laughs> not, uh, not, not very nice. Um, I guess that you know what we should say with that is is be very careful if you are getting into um, into crypto, into NFCs, and we do talk about these topics on the show from time to time. Mm. Um, but really, you you want to have um, some good understanding of what you're getting into, what you're putting at risk, and um, you know don't. Don't go throwing a whole whole lot of uh, money into something that you don't understand or you aren't confident um, that you're able to secure it properly. Um, we, we've we've you know keep hearing more and more stories of uh, um, yeah scenarios with uh, with with crypto where people are losing money um, and some of these are uh, uh, folks that. You know, I guess are are, are attracted to the potential uh, profits, but uh, you know we talk about with uh, with crypto that you can become your own bank. Well, being a bank actually has uh, has a fair number of complexities associated with it, and um, uh, yeah, there's uh, there's 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 a security aspect to that. And so uh, you know, if you're sitting on a on a chunk of uh, crypto, then uh, you want to have a pretty pretty good way to uh, to to secure that. Um, when we hear of people getting ransomed and uh, and and the like, um, yeah, you can imagine these sorts of things are probably going to become you know more and more common if people sit on large chunks of uh, um, 
crypto or even even smaller amounts. So um, yeah, I would be be very cautious on that front. Yeah, well, any any of these exchanges um, are, are only as secure as how well they've guarded the keys, and and the way that you know the likes of the U.S. Treasury can see that there's you know seven point three billion dollars worth of transactions is because they've been able to actually exploit uh, those the security flaws and uh, the carelessness basically of people in actually securing their uh, their their keys. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, what, why would you put your money into a place basically when the when the entity you don't know whether whether you can trust that they've actually got good processes in place? So, yeah, that, that, that's certainly a big red flag for me at the moment. Uh, you know, they're, they're typically unregulated entities. Yeah, look, and and you know, with with a bank or uh, you know, credit card company, you know, if there's there's a there's a wrong transaction, you have some sort of recourse. Um, yeah. But with with crypto, it's you know if it's gone, it, it's gone. So um, you know yeah. someone someone walks in and points a points a gun to your head and asks for your you know it's your life or, or give away your keys to your crypto. Then um, yeah, there's uh, that's that's not a nice um, scenario. So um, yeah, investor beware would be the uh, um, the non uh, the non professional uh, suggestion on. The, on that one, um, but uh, yeah, seek professional help on uh, on the on the on the investment front. That's for sure. Um, now, Microsoft have been having their uh, their Ignite uh, conference, which they mm-hmm. they have um, you know they tend tend to have around this time um, each year, and uh, as usual, uh, lots of uh, lots of announcements and. Uh, um, all sorts of uh, bits and pieces there. Uh, they've jumped in talking about uh, the metaverse, uh, artificial intelligence, and hyperconnectivity in a hybrid world. Um, bunch of, of videos and things there in uh, in, in Sachin Adela's uh, uh, keynote, and there's quite a bit to uh, quite a bit to absorb. I'm still looking through um, all the bits and pieces. Um, Mesh for Microsoft. Uh, teams looks uh, um, uh, looks interesting with these uh, um, uh, avatars. So uh, um, yeah, they're calling it. It sort of sounds like from Microsoft perspective, they they think of this as a bit of a metaverse um, play. So uh, instead of um, interacting with with video as you, a person via video, as you know, we might uh, might have been used to. Um, that uh, yeah, you could potentially be bringing um, in uh, uh, live avatars and 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 so on. So yeah, I'm kind of very curious to see how this stuff uh, um, actually plays out over time, and uh, uh, I guess whether it becomes anything more than uh, more than a gimmick. And uh, that's you know sometimes a little bit hard to tell with with these things. They can look very very good, um, but the question is, are they you know, is there is there stickiness, and are they things that we uh, that we keep uh, keep coming back to, and uh, um, you know, wanting to uh, wanting to utilize? Yeah, I think there's a there's an element of trust in all there, and you know, Microsoft has always struggled to actually, yeah, you know, in the consumer space 
to get traction in this sort of place. Uh, but they've been a, a trusted brand in the business thing. But um, trying to trying to figure out how they'll uh, how how they'll do kind of like the metaverse approach basically to business um, is um, a little bit beyond uh, my comprehension at the moment. But um, yeah, you know, if if you look at the consumer space, basically, I think Microsoft's probably in a better space at the moment than the, than the other other verse um, that's sort of uh, rebranding at the moment. So, yeah, may, maybe there is something to their timing. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, talking of sort of stickiness, um, yeah, a lot of people have gone in and bought the Oculus Quest too because it's so cheap and 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 accessible. Um, I fall into that, you know, into that camp, but um, it's not necessarily something that's sort of very sticky that gets a whole lot of, um, you know, use. So, uh, you know, all of these uh, metaverse type things, I think, uh, you know, there's, there's probably there's probably a way to go before we we get some, um, you know, some clarity on how they all um, how they all fit together and uh, what's gonna what's gonna really work. But I guess that brings us to uh, to Facebook. And uh, their rebranding to to Meta. Um, yeah. uh, there's certainly been some you know some push pushback from um, uh, various sectors, particularly I think uh, those who uh, feel that um, you know the 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 that Facebook should be sort of steering clear of the metaverse or at least. Um, not trying to claim it as their own by by naming themselves Meta. Um, other people seem to think, well, actually, this just this just brings attention um, to to Metaverse and uh, you know what uh, what the opportunities might be, and um, you know maybe um, draws a, a lot of new people in. Um, you had any thoughts on on uh, this whole thing, um, Stephen? Yeah, I, th- I think people uh, kind of see through it at the moment. Um, it, it, it's certainly going to be a way that people um, interact sort of in the future, but uh, people will only interact with things uh, that they trust at the moment. Trust is at the heart of this at the moment. I can see some great applications in, you know, business using, you know, metaverse and, um, you know, augmented reality and those types of things for you know maintenance and all those types of things, but uh, but really, you know, is it going to enhance the human experience sort of uh, when we're using it in our personal consumer lives? Um, I'm I'm still to be convinced on that space, and I think people um, people are going to make make their decisions based on um, organisations that they can trust, not you know how how good the technology looks or how compelling the technology looks. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Hope they do. <laughs> yeah, look, it's interesting. I mean, I, I think you know, to a degree, that consumers maybe don't, um, still don't value the you know, privacy to the to the extent that um, some of us might think that uh, you know that we that we should. Um, so um, yeah, I, I I I don't know, but I do think there's there is a. a a pretty large degree of of mistrust uh, in the direction of of Facebook at this time. Um, the this sort of rebrand at the at the corporate level or the company, um, you know, ownership level um, to Meta. I'm not sure how it how it necessarily helps with those uh, you know with those trust uh, issues. Facebook is is 
an incredibly successful business from a, a financial metrics uh, perspective or, or meta, as we should call them um, now. Um, but you know they're, they're, that doesn't mean that they uh, that they live forever, right? And we've seen plenty of businesses that haven't uh, you know haven't been successful um, longer term. Um, but the, right now they're one of the biggest uh, biggest companies on the on the planet, and uh, I guess they they are very very convinced um, and about the opportunities in the metaverse. And uh, you know they're talking about uh, a metaverse sort of first approach to um uh yeah. to business which is uh yeah it's pretty pretty mind-blowing a little bit hard to get your head around and not quite sure what to believe yeah yeah well i, well, I think you know met, met is the overarching sort of um brand but uh yeah you know, i think we are starting to see uh you know peak facebook and it's certainly probably on the decline as a brand now, and they're going to have to actually develop something, and um, hopefully they do it with uh, with good ethics and values. Mm-hmm. Well, on on that front, um, one thing that they have announced is that uh, they are shutting down their um, their f- facial uh, recognition um, capabilities or their facial recognition um, program now. Mm-hmm. Probably a lot of people would not actually remember that um, that this is a is a key part of Facebook and and has been for uh, you know for a long time and unless they're paying uh, you know you're paying attention to it, the um, the sort of auto tagging and so on that's gone in uh, gone on um, in uh, in Facebook for for a long time um, and yeah they're saying they're going to delete. Over a billion people's um, what they refer to as facial recognition um, templates as part of uh, part of this uh, this change. So um, and uh, yeah, apparently more than a third of Facebook's uh, daily active users, um, uh, talking over six hundred million accounts, had opted in um, to the use of uh, of facial uh, facial recognition um, capabilities so I mean to me this is something that uh, that that would up my trust in um, in, yeah. in Facebook for sure yeah um, there's something like about 160 odd sort of identifying sort of components that uh, the these organizations are uh, tracking and yeah you, you compare that to others like you know Microsoft might be only tracking 10. And and it's a matter of where where is the right sort of balance to do that. So, you know, Facebook sort of taking taking this one off. I'm I'm, I'm you know, my, my, the cynic in me is going, but have they figured out another way to actually sort of you know be, better monetize the relations um, between these these data points? So, um, yeah, um, facial recognition is is. Uh, can can be sort of you know quite intrusive I think um, in terms of sort of what what you can derive from um, people's pro- proximity to other people and relationships between people. Um, so it's probably only a good thing that they're getting rid of that uh, data point. But uh, what are the data points that they're going to replace that with? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interestingly, it says that um, it order it also will impact their um, automatic alt text, which creates image descriptions um, mm. targeted towards blind and, and visually um, towards the blind and visually impaired 
And um, after this change, then those descriptions will not be able to include the names of people recognised um, in, in photos. So, you know, that sort of case is manual tagging, you know, would have to be uh, done for that piece to work out. So that, to me, doesn't sound like something that's too hard to, uh, to necessarily uh, work around, at least to, to a degree. So... Um, yeah, I can I can see from a business perspective for Facebook, um, these sorts of things make you know make a difference. It is it is helpful to their business, um, but on on balance, the way people are feeling, um, it's a much smarter move for them to uh, to kill off that facial uh, facial recognition. And really now, I guess it's a bit of wait wait and see to see you know what else comes next from Facebook. Um, yeah. Is is this just a one off? Or, or are we going to see, you know, really uh, big wholesale change taking place um, within Facebook, and that they really, you know, clean up their act in in the areas where they've uh, where they've been uh, where they've been exposed? Yeah, well, there's uh, a lot of governments that are certainly going to push in that direction. I think over the next year. Yeah, um, and and they yeah they do they do point out. Um, the the lack of um, you know guidance from from regulators at a you know at a governmental uh, level. So yep. I, I I would imagine yeah you know, we start seeing some of these things you know catch up as well as they get more and more uh, attention. And of course we've we've been seeing a lot on the on the privacy front. Um, you know initially with uh, with Europe European. Um, union leading the way with their um, um, general data privacy regulations, um, and uh, you know I think that that sort of uh, uh, manoeuvre will, uh, will will keep improving sort of a, around the world. I'm I'm not sure we we have a, a lot of maturity on that front in New Zealand, but uh, at least we've got some newer regulations in in place. Um, but uh, not too much teeth for those organisations who. Uh, who uh, I don't know, misbehave, shall we say? Uh, so yeah, yeah a bit of work still to be done. Certainly, incentives for organisations that that do do a lot of business with the government, but um, you know, out, outside of that, basically, you're right. You know, the financial penalties for um, a privacy breach in New Zealand uh, um, pro- probably do need a little bit of uh, additional work to actually make sure that sort of all, all companies of all sizes are actually following the rules. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's been uh, been great to chat, Stephen. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, everybody, for listening in to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Um, hope to catch you again uh, next week. And uh, great thank you to our show partners. And, yeah, feel free to get in touch across uh, to us via social media, NZ Tech Podcast. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, and uh, and we're on YouTube these days as well. So if you do want to catch the live streams, um, you know, definitely follow us across onto uh, onto those channels. All right. Well, that's us. Thank you again, and we will catch you again next week. All right. See ya. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.